G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are recapping the week that was and going through our Fantasy Basketball Awards, talking about some breaking news, must-add waiver wire options, and who can you drop and move on from. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Um, today, we are, like we said, we're recapping the previous week and going through some fantasy basketball awards. Uh, apologies for the lack of content that there was out there last week. I have had my hands full first week back at work and, uh, and also launching the uh, brand new Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast, but... I'm back at it again this week, and we should start to see a bit more consistency to finish off the year now that everything is sort of settling down. We're finding our groove here, so uh, expect to see your regular uh, three podcasts a week for fantasy basketball. Um, if you haven't already, if, you, if you're if you interested or if you've played AFL fantasy before or if you have uh, want to try something a bit different in the fantasy basketball offseason, I would definitely encourage you guys to go and give it a go. Uh, Americans are welcome as as well, Aussies, anyone who's interested in fantasy sports, I think it's a very different kind of game to the typical fantasy basketball, and that's what I really like about it. So if you are keen to go and check it out, check out our uh, AFL Fantasy Podcast. Uh, make sure you guys go and subscribe, and we've already got a few videos out there for you guys to check out. So if you are keen on that, go and check that out. But let's not stuff around anymore, guys. We're going to talk about uh, our... You know, our, our awards, and we'll start it off with a very, uh, I'm very excited about this one this week. Our sweet, sweet fantasy basketball award this week goes to none other than the disappointment himself, uh, Kawhi Leonard. He is, he's back, and he has been back for a little while. I do remember, obviously, at the start of this season, there was a lot of panic, a lot of concern about um, Kawhi and his setbacks, his injury and load management, missed several uh, games at the start of the year. He really has kicked it into gear, uh, especially basically since the turn of the new year. But even even before then, we started to see elements and we started to see samples of him um, and what he has been in the past. Um, several times he has been on our buy low show. I, I never, I, okay, I won't lie. I had some doubts that we were going to get the, uh, the Kawhi Leonard of old, but I've always sort of maintained that there is a top 10 fantasy per game guy in there still. And we are absolutely seeing that right now on a per game basis over the last week. He was second per game uh, on the last two weeks. He's been fifth per game in the last month. He's been 16th per game. So all probably well ahead of where you would have drafted him. If you were managing to get him in a trade, uh, if you bought him low of some people that weren't panicking, I'm sure that his recent play has been very, very encouraging. Um, obviously, the, the risk remains that he's going to be missing his back-to-backs 
And I foresee that probably considering for the entire season. I know that the playoff schedule in most formats is pretty bad for the Clippers. So you do need to keep that in mind. And that's what sort of pushed him a little bit further down my rankings at the start of the season. Because I think he had like nine games in the the standard playoff settings that I would suggest. Um, And even there was a couple of back-to-backs in there. So maybe even be closer to seven or eight games, which is well below some of the average for some other players. But... Your playoffs may be different, and so I've always preached, depending on your playoffs, he could be a very valuable player. But, of course, the last couple of weeks, last week especially, he has been uh, incredible. Last seven days, averaging 29 points, 2 threes, 7.7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2.3 steals, 0.7 blocks, on an incredible 55% from the field and 100% from the free throw line. Just uh, amazing numbers, classic Kawhi Leonard numbers, um, and his minutes is the other is super encouraging thing. He's averaged 35 minutes over the past three games. He's had uh, two games where he's put up at least 38 minutes, uh, another game where he had 36 and a 32 in there. So four games in a row, all over 30 minutes, three of them over 35, so... This is a very, very encouraging sign for Kawhi Leonard that he's back to 100% doing his thing. Uh, Obviously, it helps at the moment. I think Paul George is out, but he is someone that, regardless of who's in the team, he's going to be the man. And I think that if you were able to get him cheaply in a trade... Or if you've held strong, and congratulations if you have held strong. It's been a tough time. I'd be very interested to know if you have Kawhi Leonard in your team, how are you sitting in the in the standings right now? And uh, were you able to get him in a trade? I know I was preaching and, and telling everyone to buy low on him. I did believe that this was going to turn around, and I hope you were able to do that. But conversely, if you were able to hold on to him, uh, how are you sitting in your standings? I know it probably hurt a lot earlier in the season and you maybe fell back a bit, but I'd be very encouraged and very interested to know if you have Kawhi Leonard on your fantasy basketball team, how are you doing so far in the season? And uh, and uh, is it savable if you've held him on for, from the start? So Kawhi Leonard is a very, very deserving member of the uh, sweet, sweet fantasy basketball world because it is so sweet to uh, to have your faith rewarded with a player like Kawhi Leonard and uh, I hope uh, I hope you did have faith. Let's move on to the next award. Yes, the uh, Fantasy Basketball Loser Award goes this week to John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he's he's put up some stinkers the last week. Last week on a totals ranking, he is the 199th player. On a per-game ranking, he's the 224th ranked player. Three games last week, averaging only eight, uh, 11 points, six rebounds, uh, under a block, 0.7, 60% from the free throw line, 48% from the field, not doing a whole lot else anywhere as well. So very disappointing. And obviously with Clint Capella out, maybe we would expect that he is stepping up. It wasn't too long ago that he was putting up some decent numbers. Uh, on the season, he is averaging... He's the 64th ranked player, which I think was pretty bang on where I had him uh, in my rankings, probably around that 65 uh, mark. You know, I think there was a little bit of question marks about him. I'm encouraged he's averaging 31 minutes <clears throat> per game this season. It's all very... It's all very okay. 1.4 blocks is nice. Uh, You know, 13 points. It's nothing really to write home about. Eight rebounds is okay as well. It's just just very eh so far this season. So this uh, poor week... It's, um, you know, it's on the back of two really stinkers. The last two games, 11 points in the last game, four rebounds, seven points and eight rebounds in the last game, one block between the two of them. 
Look, I, I wouldn't really be worrying too much. I think he is going to. Uh, I think he's going to bounce back and and be the okay player that he's been the whole season. And um, yeah, I think that's just kind of what John Collins is. I'm not expecting him to. I remember at the start of the season he was going crazy with some defensive numbers with blocks and steals, but that's obviously since uh, fallen away and, and, and diminished. But I think that he is still probably going to keep doing what he what he does. It doesn't really matter if. Capella is in the team or he's not. Um, so I think that he's just going to keep uh, doing what he's doing. Uh, so no restrictions at the moment. Uh, he's pretty much just the player that he's going to be. But obviously when you're not blowing someone away in any one category, you are prone to having some of these off nights where you really don't contribute much. Um, so I think that he's his ranking of 64 per game, that's a nine category ranking. That might be a little bit... Um, it might not be as reflective as I think it could be in terms of his value. I'd probably be valuing him a little bit lower down than that in sort of like the 70s to low 80s kind of range just because, especially in a head-to-head format, he's not really driving you in any one or two categories that's really uh, allowing you to to win. Um, he's just kind of across the board contributing, which is good. It's fine. You need some of those guys, and, and um, he definitely has a place in fantasy leagues. But I just think that maybe the 64th per game ranking might not be super-duper accurate for a player like John Collins. So overall, he's been mildly uninspiring this season, maybe a slight disappointment, but uh, I think obviously the last week when he, uh, obviously 199th in totals, 224th per game, is uh, I expect him to be a lot better than that. Let's put it that way. So let's move on to our last award for the week. Every day a star is born, and this day, uh, well, the last several days, it's been on Yeka Akongu. So staying in Atlanta, um, Clint Capella has missed the last several games. I'll just double-check, actually, how many games Capella has missed. But he, in the last week, has been putting up top 10 numbers on a per-game basis. It's on the back on a lot of blocks, 2.7 blocks and 59% from the field, 14 rebounds. But I want to highlight also the three assists and the one steal per game. He's a decent passer for a big man. In the last two weeks, 24th per game. And in the last month, 26th per game. Now, I was on the record at the beginning of the season when we were talking about stash ability guys, guys that would potentially break out. Um, that I thought that by the end of this season, I, I sort of said, I, I think it was about 60% I put on it, that I thought that Okongu would be the starting center for the Hawks by the end of the season. Um, I think that this potentially could be the beginning of that, and maybe Capella is someone that when he comes back, doesn't end up coming back into that starting role ever again. Now, that might be a bold statement and that it might not be true, but it, it wouldn't shock me at all because I think that obviously this guy is someone who I am excited about. I view him very much like a top 70, top 60 even dynasty asset. The closer and closer we get to him starting, the more he pushes up into that top 50 kind of a range because when he is a starter, he is pretty comfortably going to be a top 50 fantasy option for me. He's just too good in too many things in, in terms of his blocks, his field goal percentage, his rebounds. But like I said, he is also okay at contributing uh, contributing in those assist steals as well. Um, I think he has, you know, obviously his free throws is better than someone like a Capella. So he doesn't hurt you dramatically in an area like that. So he can suit a lot of dynasty teams' builds. Um, so I think that... 
you know, the last month, that's included games where Capella has played 26th over the last month on averages of 11.6, 10 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 0.8 steals, 2.4 blocks, 61% from the field, 72% from the free throw line. All very, very strong numbers. Um, and even if you go back the last two months, 74th on the season, on the whole season, he's the 86th ranked player. So there was times, obviously, where he was on the borderline and um, you know stuck behind Clint Capella. But again, with players like that, with that super high upside, where they can produce at least kind of top 170, top 180 numbers in a backup role, if the opportunity does come, they can really explode. And Okongwu was a uh, a key instance like that, uh, along with a few other guys that maybe haven't turned out quite as well. So for me... The way I'm valuing him, he is getting very much close to that top 50 dynasty uh, value to me. If you're a rebuilding team, he's definitely there already. If you're a team that's contending, I would probably maybe have him as a top 70 uh, option because, like we said, he's still contributing right now. And this could very well be the start of him taking that starting job from Capella. And again, it would not shock me at all if uh, Capella doesn't see that starting role um, once he is back from injury. Uh, that could be premature and it could be early, and I might very well be wrong with that, but I'm just flagging it that I'd, I would not be shocked if he uh, if he doesn't see that starting role. I, I said that I would check uh, how long he's been out for. So Capella... Uh, no, that's a Kongru. I'm just looking it up on Basketball Monster. Capella has missed uh, the last... Oh, last several games. So he last played on the 23rd of December. So has been out for nearly a month now. Um, the report is that he's questionable. So he could be back any day now. But like I said, missing nearly a month's time, I expect they're going to ease him back in. And like we said, maybe he doesn't get that starting role job uh, back. The thing that's maybe in their core, in, in Capella's side, is they've gone four and four and six since he's been injured. So they haven't necessarily been putting runs on the board. So I'd say it's a bit of a coin flip. In fact, I'd probably say it's more like Capella gets the starting role back, but a possibility that they don't. All right, let's move on now to some hot topics and breaking news. Now, we've got a few things to cover in terms of injuries. So a couple of the big ones, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, has been injured, and he it's basically his left elbow and left knee, so a strained elbow and a mild left knee bone contusion. He is going to be reevaluated in two weeks, and that was uh, a few days ago, so maybe reevaluated in a week and a half now. Now, it does not mean he's back in that time. I wonder if this is uh, the paces turning it into maybe a bit of a chance to fall down the standings. I just want to check, actually, I haven't... Looked at the standings for a little while. So Pacers, yeah, eighth at the moment. I mean, obviously outdoing a lot of our expectations, but are they really going to be competing for the playoffs this year? I do not think so. So perhaps this is a sneaky, let's get a little bit worse in the standings, improve our draft odds a little bit. Um, Miles Turner is obviously out as well. We'll touch about him in a, in a second. Uh, but I think that, obviously, it sucks. You absolutely hold on if you're not in your playoffs. Unfortunately for my uh, Fantasy Basketball International team, I was in the playoffs, and uh, between him, Miles Turner, and Chris Paul, all missing time, uh, there's nothing much I can really do there, and... Uh, Pretty much did me in, so uh, unfortunately won't be advancing in that league. But that's just kind of how it goes with head-to-head uh, 
head-to-head leagues, you, you win some and you lose some, and those injuries can uh, yeah can really highlight your season. But in terms of the regular season for the fantasy basketball season, obviously you hold on to him. He's been amazing so far this season, the eighth-ranked player in a per-game basis. I think I drafted him about eight in that league, so pretty happy on what I got from him in per-game. Just sucks that he missed uh, the, the time that I needed him the most. Uh, but yes, yeah, so obviously that's the news with Tyrese Halliburton. We'll talk about the ads when we get to the waiver wire portion of the show. The second injury that we're going to cover here and highlight today is just the DeMar DeRozan injury, a, a right quadricep strain. He is uh, questionable to return uh, or questionable for the next game, which I think is on Wednesday. Uh, but, and we're going to highlight this in a second, but they, the Chicago Bulls have one game, one game next week uh, or this coming week, which I can't remember a time where there was a one-game week for any team, and let alone two teams, which we'll talk about in a second. So I would assume that DeMar DeRozan is not going to play this week, um, but there's very much a chance that he is back for next week because obviously that gives him a lot of time to, to rest up. He's missed the last three games, so um, that'll be four games missed in total, but it is more likely two weeks of rest time for him. So... Uh, I think they have a back-to-back when he comes back, so maybe he plays one game of those back-to-backs, but uh, obviously I'm not, I'm not super concerned. It did look really awkward when he did it, but I think the outcome of the knees or the quad strain is a, a decent one. Uh, again, the severity can, can range on those kind of injuries, but from what we, uh, with the questionable tag, I can sort of tell that it's not that serious of a, uh, of a strain. Um, let's talk about the schedule for this week. A really weird one, like we sort of said. One game a week for both Chicago and Detroit. Um, this is obviously devastating for value for everyone on both of those teams. You basically have to bench everyone on, on both the teams. You can't play... a. a, a, a it, this is for weekly changes leagues, obviously. So if you're changing your leagues at the start of the week for the whole thing and you don't touch it, you can't play any of those players. You can't play Zach Levine. You cannot play uh, Jaden Ivey, obviously, uh, or anyone on Detroit. Um, Chicago, Vucevic, I'm still benching him. It, one game's just not enough. You're better off going for teams that have higher games um, than, than getting one game. Sometimes when you have those two-game slates, some of those elite players, maybe a Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, you can still get enough value out of. But one game is just not enough for anyone. Um to get enough value out of, and I'd rather put a, a, another player in there, a streaming player or or a bench player with more games to get better value. So very uh, big shame for them. Hopefully, um, hopefully you guys can get through it. But that is a, that's a that's a really shit schedule. I, I like I said, I don't remember the last time we had a one game week in the NBA uh, or fantasy basketball season. So very uh, irregular there. And we've also got two teams with a two game week. So the Spurs and the Orlando. Magic both have two games this upcoming week. So of those guys, again, probably not many people in a weekly changes leagues that I'd be starting. Um, a lot of disappointments in the Spurs. Obviously, Devin Vassell might have been the guy, but he's obviously injured. Orlando Paolo Boncaro in certain builds, maybe in a points league, okay. But for most situations, he's probably a bench option as well. Um you know, you've got uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and a few of those guys. I think most of them are probably not good enough to be pushed out there in most situations. Again, double-check your league and double-check who you've got to replace them. But obviously not the ideal thing for a few of those guys for a two-game week. And on the complete flip other side, we have the 
Toronto Raptors have a five-game week. So if you are able to go out there and and maybe bench or drop some of those back-end guys for Orlando, San Antonio, Chicago, or Detroit, and pick up a Toronto Raptors uh, player for this week, that's an enormous upswing in value, and uh, especially if you're fighting for playoff spots, if you're, if you're right in the thick of it in the middle of the standings, this is definitely the, the kind of players that I would target because even if they're not putting up huge games on a night-to-night basis, when you have five cracks at it as opposed to one or two, it's just going to... The sheer weight of, of the volume of the games is going to um, give you more value in that kind of a scenario. So um, everyone else, all other teams are obviously between three and four games, but very, very strange to see those five games and uh, one and two game weeks all in the all in the same week. Uh, it's just something that, yeah, really caught my eye this week and uh, not something I've really seen before. So uh, keep those ones in mind. Let's go on to the waiver wire portion of the show. So... Going to talk some must-add players. The first player that we must be adding, and again, I'm recording this on the uh, on the the Sunday uh, afternoon or Monday Australian time. It'll be out by Monday morning over in the states. But he, he might already be gone. But just in case he is out on your waiver wire, TJ McConnell is obviously a uh, a must-add player with the news of Tyrese Halliburton going down. Uh, last couple of games, he's put up 13, 8, and 11, 13, 7, and 7, both with two steals, both shooting 60%. So really, really good numbers in the last week. He's the 22nd ranked player on a per-game basis. So obviously, I don't expect the the... the ranking to be that good, but he's elite in steals, he's elite in assists, he's pretty darn good in field goal percentage as well, he's not going to hit your threes, he's not going to score a whole bunch either, um, but in terms of value to your team, you're not going to be able to pick up that off the waiver wire anywhere else. He is rostered in 95% of advanced, uh, according to the advanced ownership percentage on Basketball Monster, so he still is out there in some leagues, uh, and he absolutely should be on zero leagues, so if he's on your waiver wire, Go and grab him right now and uh, thank me later. Um, the next guy here who I think is a must-add player, again, kind of benefiting from injury, Najee Marshall is the guy that we're going to be grabbing, obviously, with Zion Williamson out with that hamstring. Brandon Ingram still hasn't returned. Najee Marshall is the guy that uh, has, has been benefiting. He is um, he's someone that I, I was hesitant to pick up, but I think that obviously he's he's the better scorer out of a lot of those guys replacing him. So guys like Herb Jones, guys like Trey Murphy are, are probably more on the defensive side of the floor or, or the efficiency in terms of Trey Jones. But uh, Najee Marshall over the last um, over the last week has been putting up some decent numbers: seventeen point seven points, one point seven threes, five point three rebounds, three point seven assists. The efficiency is hurting a little bit in both categories. So his ranking doesn't reflect, I think, the value that he brings to your team. So he's 159th over the last week, averaging 35 minutes. But if if you're punting one or both of those percentages, particularly the field goal percentage, he's much more valuable uh, in a situation like that. And I just don't think you're going to find counting stats like that. 18-5 and 4 uh, with nearly two threes per game. It's, it's difficult to find on the waiver wire. So I think he is someone that I would label a must-add player, at least until one of those guys are back. Uh, I'm not sure what has happened with Brandon Ingram with, uh, I think it's a toe injury. It's kept him out a long time, so... Maybe they're waiting to the All-Star break. They're obviously playing good basketball, so maybe they don't need to rush some of their guys back. We'll see. But for now, Najee Marshall is a must-add player. 
Uh, Royce O'Neill, again, continuing the theme of players benefiting from people out with injuries. Royce O'Neill is definitely a must-add player with Kevin Durant out for a little while. Now, he in the last week has been the hundred, uh, sorry, the 42nd ranked player, 101st on the season. And obviously, it's coming big with steals, blocks, assists. So, 11 points, two threes, seven and a half assists. Sorry, seven and a half rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half, a block. Poor field goal percentage. Um, and for the season, he's shooting only 68% from the free throw line, but it's on very small attempts. But this last week, obviously, he's had a great week. He tends to pick up the assist numbers when some of those star guys go out, um, which has been probably the biggest surprise with Royce O'Neal this season. Um, but again, is just someone that contributes across the board. Not going to be a huge scorer, but absolutely does enough for any team, I think. Again, probably already picked up in your league, but just in case he he is 90% rostered according to advanced ownerships on Basketball Monster. So if he's on your waiver wire, I would definitely go and check him out. And the last guy, probably the only guy on this must roster list that I don't think is uh, a result of an injury, um, 89% rostered according to Basketball Monster and advanced leagues. Emmanuel Quickly is a guy I want to just make sure I highlight because I did mention him. I think it was a few podcasts ago when we were talking about we knew that uh, Brunson was coming back. We knew that RJ Barrett was coming back soon. But I just said, let's pump the brakes. As When those guys come back, don't immediately drop him because I think that there is a role for him down the stretch of the season. He's clearly their sixth man, in my opinion. I think that he's... I think he's clearly a better offensive option than an RJ Barrett. Um, I, I really, I really like him, and he's got a good fantasy game. He he can produce in limited minutes. Um, you obviously are worried a little bit about the field goal percentage. He doesn't block shots, so it might be someone, especially for those punt block punt field goal percentage teams, but. In every league, if you're that team, you have to have Emmanuel Quickly on your team. And I don't think you should be... I think he has earned himself a much longer leash than like your typical streaming guy that when the guys come back in, you drop him and you move on to the next one. I think that this guy has a chance to be a season-long um, uh, keeper, uh, if you will, and have value for the rest of the season. In the last week, when those guys have come back, he's still averaging 34 minutes a night, putting up 17 points, two threes. Um, the assists are down, which is probably the most disappointing thing. Um, at well, Over the last week, he's averaging 2.3 assists in the last four games. So that's where he's taking a big hit in the value, but he's still going to get you points. He's still going to get you good free throw percentage, threes. Um, the assists will be there in, in smaller bunches, but they'll still be there uh, a little bit. And uh, I think that, again, if you if you need points, assists, free throw percentage, threes, he, he's probably one of the best guys that is potentially available on your uh, on your waiver wire. And like I said... It only takes another injury with any one of those guys. So if Quinton Grimes, if Brunson goes down again, if um, RJ Barrett goes down again, I think even if Julius Randle goes down, um, I think quickly is the first guy to benefit in that in that situation. So when we compare him to someone like a DeAnthony Melton or a Trey Murphy or just those guys that have benefited from guys missing time for the entire season and they've, they've just continually found ways to be relevant. I think that Emmanuel quickly has sort of uh, entered that part of uh, fantasy basketball. All right, let's move on to the maybe ads. So these guys, they're not obviously must-ads. You can add them if they suit what they're going to give you. I've got a few doubts on some of them, but worth considering. The first one here, 
similar to TJ McConnell, but on a lesser extent, is Andrew Nemhard. Now, he's uh, he's a rookie. He's someone who has been starting for a little while now, so it doesn't necessarily change his role. We just thought that maybe with um, Halliburton going down, that he might get more responsibility on the ball. He is someone that I'm not... I find him hard to to put my finger on. Like I, I, I like what he could potentially do, but he just hasn't really been able to show it consistently yet. He's definitely had patches with steals and assists, um, but has yet to really hold it together for any great duration of time. Since the injury to Tyrese Halliburton, he's um, he's put up, let's have a look here, in the last three games, uh, 8 points, 1.33s, 3.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists, so there's a bit of value. Uh, 0.3 steals, usually you expect that to be a little bit higher, uh, but it's the 29% from the field, sorry, 22.9% from the field that's really dragging his value down. Um, making him the 285th ranked player over that time. He's averaging 45% from the field uh, for the season. So obviously that 22% is a dramatic outlier. So I expect that to obviously improve. And if you can maybe increase that to 40%, so that will basically double your points. Averaging 16, 3, and 5 with a steal per game. That's pretty bloody good. Now, uh, is my confidence there that he's going to be able to do that uh, consistently? No, he's going to have stinkers in throughout there. But I still think that if you need the assists, if you don't mind a bit of ups and downs in your field goal percentage, um, he can still be a, a positive guy in a lot of categories there. So I think he is still a decent add. Um, you're just going to have to ride the waves that I think you're going to uh, find with a player like Andrew Nemhard, who is obviously a rookie. He is 23 years old. So on the older side for a rookie, but a rookie nonetheless. Uh, the next guy here, I've been well down on for most of the season, and I still am down on him. I don't. This is why he's not in the must-add players, but he is someone that you could have a look at. TJ Warren, obviously on the back of Kevin Durant's injury. Now, Royce O'Neal is definitely the guy, and he has been the guy a lot of people have picked up, but... Um, TJ Warren, 83% rostered according to Basketball Monsters Advanced Ownership. He, in the last week, look... <clears throat> Even with 25 minutes, he's the 259th ranked player. It's 14.5 points. It's two threes. And and then the rest is just crap. It it honestly is just crap. Two rebounds, one assist, no steals, half a block. He's he's shooting 33% from the field, uh, free throw line at that point, but obviously on small attempts. So this is why I don't like TJ Warren, and this is why I was never high on on stashing him or, or grabbing him when the news was he was coming back. But... If you need points, he might be able to give it to you. He might sort of recapture some form. He did have a 20-point game two games ago. Uh, there's an 18-point, two-steal, two-block game in there, which was nice. Uh, he's had a 23.8 rebound, two-steal game. There's some games in there, but on the vast majority of games, it's been disappointing, and it's very, very empty. So I have him a little bit lower on all of these guys, but I think that... If you're really desperate for scoring, he could be someone that you at least stream in on on certain days. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not a big uh, TJ Warren fan in general. So he's a maybe ad if you really need scoring, but I think you can do better personally. <clears throat> All right, the next guy here we're going to talk about is Jalen McDaniel's um, brother to one of my favorite players, Jaden McDaniel's. But obviously. 
it's kind of talking about those players that benefit with players just being out for most of the season. Injuries happening to teams all over the place. Jalen McDaniels kind of falls into that category. Charlotte, obviously a poor team. Um, lots of injuries that affected them so far. The current injury affecting and boosting his... Um, Boosting his stats up is Gordon Hayward, who's been doubtful for two or three weeks now. So I think that there's just going to be continual injuries affecting this team. So I think that he has a chance to stick into our fantasy rosters for the rest of the season. He is good at a lot of things, not great in many, but it's enough for him to sort of stick around the last week's 78th uh, ranked player, last two weeks, 54th ranked player. The threes have been really good recently, um, and obviously he he contributes a little bit in this defensive stats, 0.9 steals and 0.6 blocks. Um, fairly efficient. He's a good guy from the field, good guy from the free throw line. So in roto leagues, he's really, really good. Um, head-to-head leagues, it's a little bit uh, less valuable in my opinion, but still someone that I think in 12-team leagues should probably be owned. The only thing that it hasn't got him into the must-add players is I don't know when Gordon Hayward's going to come back. He could be back any day now, but... I'd probably hedge my bets to say that he's out for a little while longer and maybe he's out to the all-star break, just the way that that team is going. And obviously Gordon Hayward's injury history is uh, not the best, uh, to put it lightly. So I think he is a good add. Malcolm Brogdon is the next guy on this list. He's had a few really big games recently uh, on the back of Derek White missing some time. Now, Derek White is probable to return in the next game. So um, this may be short-lived. So I've got him on this maybe add list uh, for that reason. He's been killing it. But not all the games have been on big minutes, so that gives me some hope. And he, he has been doing this for a lot of the season. He's been up and down. Um, when Robert Williams came back, it did hurt his minutes, but obviously sometimes they rest Al Horford on back-to-backs. They're resting uh, Robert Williams on some back-to-backs. Derek White now missing time. So again, taking advantage of that opportunity when guys go out. So he might put up some poor games, but he is maybe worthwhile just giving that slightly longer leash to and uh, and sort of waiting for the next guy to be out where Malcolm Brogdon can take a lot of the uh, value there. But uh, last week, 31st ranked player. Uh, last two weeks, set 22nd ranked player. And last month, 66th ranked player. So those are obviously must-add uh, numbers. It's, um, it's low turnovers. It's really good percentages. So if you care about those, it definitely boosts him up. It's, it's good assists. The threes are nice. The scoring is okay. Um, but... Again, when guys come back and they're fully healthy, he does drop down the list a little bit more. So I stop short of making him a must-add player. He is 97% roster, so a lot of guys have grabbed him out um, already. But again, he could be someone, if he is available, you could grab. And here is the interesting guy. Isaiah Jackson. Ijax. Um, now, I've talked about him a lot this season. I've talked about him in the preseason a lot. We talked about him as a stash in one of our more recent podcasts. That was before he started playing minutes and he was actually playing in the G League at that time. Uh, but he's obviously back with Miles Turner missing some games the last three games. Um, he's played the last two games he started and in those last two games, he's put up 11 blocks. <laughs> so obviously we know the value of Isaiah Jackson is big in the blocks, but it's also the rebounds, the field goal percentage. He's decent enough at steals as well. Even though he's only had one steal in the last three games, I think that can be better. Um, he's just got supreme upside in those areas. He's one of the best per minute productions uh, guys out there that could be on your waiver wire. 
Now, the question here is how long is Miles Turner out? He's out with back spasms. When it was first announced, I didn't think he would miss much time. He's now missed three games. So it could be very short short um, value here. I think that he is the future. I think that what they were doing, and I said this before on the Stash podcast, but I'll repeat it again. I think that they had Isaiah Jackson playing in the G League because they wanted him to be playing starters levels, minutes, and getting that experience, getting that run in his legs, and getting that practice under him. When Miles Turner is there, all they can really offer him is backup minutes because he doesn't really work that well with Miles Turner. They kind of do similar things. Um, you know, Miles kind of can shoot a little bit, but maybe they want a bit more versatility on the court. So they'd rather play maybe a Jalen Smith as the backup uh, guy because he's going to be a backup. That he's not going to be a starter. So. He's fine if he just sits there and gets his 18 minutes, 16 minutes per night. But they want Isaiah Jackson playing more. They want him playing 25, 26, 27 minutes a night. And so when the opportunity opens up with Miles Turner being out, then that's what's going to present. And he is the guy who's going to benefit and jump ahead of Jalen Smith. So from going from not playing all the way into a starters level load, I think that he is going to do that every time that that happens. Now, how long is he out? Is Miles Turner traded? I still think that it makes the most sense to trade Miles Turner. There was some talk about the extension. It kind of fizzled out. My reading on that is that was kind of gauging the trade market. If other teams think that he's going to sign an extension, they might, oh shit, we got we got to up our offer. I don't know. It's kind of dumb GM tactics that I really doubt works in the NBA, but they still do it. Um, so... I still think that Miles Turner is traded. It's not 100%. It's never been 100%. But I still probably would side on the fact that he is traded at the trade deadline. So I think I labeled him, I think it was a three-star or a two-star stash. It's going up. It's a four-star stash at the moment. Um, Miles Turner could be back next game. And in that instance, he could go from these amazing, you know, five blocks per game to, uh, to, to not playing at all. But I think you have to grab him basically right now. Um, I mean, if you don't need blocks, then you'd obviously, you don't necessarily have to worry about it. But if you are looking for blocks and big man stats, then he, he, he pretty, is pretty close to that must add category. And you just kind of have to wait and see how it goes. Uh, especially if you're sort of at the top of the standings and you can be patient. Uh, quickly through these next couple of guys. Keegan Murray is doing just enough to be a potential ad. Again, he was on the Stash podcast uh, more recently. He is someone that we just hope gets better. <laughs> um, he hasn't shown it thus far. Uh, 216 on the season, but last week was 65th. Last two weeks was the 97th ranked player. So steady improvements. Look, it's it's definitely um, it's it's not someone that I'm super confident in. I think it's kind of just if there's nothing better on the waiver wire, you could do worse than him. But insane that he's 98% rostered. So, I mean, that's probably maybe a bit high for me, but there is potential there. Um, his stat lines are pretty empty, although we've seen a few steals and blocks recently, and the points have been a bit fluctuating between sort of 8 and 16 most nights. Um, 
So there's something there, but I think he's probably down the pecking order in terms of these guys I've listed. And then the last player here, Trey Murphy, if he was dropped after his cold stretch, I think you can go ahead and pick him back up. Again, we talk about those guys that benefit from people being out for, or multiple people being out just across the team, and the Pelicans have obviously had that a lot this season. Uh, last couple of games, he is right back on track, 15 points and 19 points, uh, five steals in those last two games. So you just kind of have to ride the waves. He is a guy that relies on efficient shooting. Like I've, I've talked about him a couple of times, he's kind of that Michael Porter Jr. light, you know, so when the shooting doesn't go well, he doesn't offer a whole lot outside of a uh, efficient threes, points, field goal percentage. He does get some steals and blocks here and there, but it's it's not super high volume. So on the season, he's averaging one steal and half a block, which is it's not nothing, but it's it's not elite by any stretch. So he is someone I think is a must-roster player. Just expect a few bumps along the way, and I would, I would be holding him through a lot of those, uh, especially while there are injuries on the Pelicans. All right, I've waffled on a little bit long on those ones there. So let's go through these droppable players. Most of them we'll just talk through pretty quickly. But the first one here, Jared Vanderbilt, I think is a droppable player. He probably is the, um, maybe the least um, confident of all these players that I think you can drop. But he's trending the wrong way. And um, Walker Kessler, who's a guy who I did leave off the ads because he's rostered in most leagues out there. But if he is available and you want blocks, go and grab him. But I think that Walker Kessler is maybe taking a bit of the uh, minutes and roll away from a Jared Vanderbilt. And he's been slightly underwhelming this season. I thought he could have done a bit better. 121st on the season, but 216th in the last week. 193rd in the last two weeks. Um, the steals is the big thing. It's really dried up. So 0.6 steals in the last two weeks. The minutes of the last two weeks is down at 24, 21 over the last week. So again, that poor trajectory, it's, it's trending the wrong way. And uh, if there's a really hot free agent out there, one of the guys in the must-ads or maybe someone that just suits your team a little bit better, I think you wouldn't be, you're not going to really regret dropping a uh, Jared Vanderbilt if he is probably one of your worst players. I don't think he's going to turn around and put a top 50 stretch on your head or a top 75 stretch on your head because it just doesn't seem like they're prioritizing him. And, and obviously, the, the Utah Jazz are going to experiment and mix and match a few of these guys. They might be busy at the trade deadline. Um, so I just I think that at 90, 96% rostered uh, in advanced metrics, I think that he is someone that potentially should be a little bit lower than that. And uh, whilst he's not a must-drop, I think he obviously is trending that way. And like I said, I don't think you would regret it massively. Let's fly through these next few guys. DeAndre Hunter, I think, is a droppable player. Uh, he put up a couple of decent games recently, if I just try and find it. Um, but I have never been uh, a big DeAndre Hunter fan because it's empty. It's always been empty, and it will continue to always be empty. He did have what we had. We had a 25-point night, six threes, but again, three rebounds, one assist, no steals, no blocks. Um, He had a 20-point night. They're all just empty. Maybe there's some rebounding going on there, but again, even with that stretch over the last two weeks, 96th ranked player last week, 163rd last month, 114th. It's fine. It's okay. Again, those rankings are boosted by low turnovers. It's just so empty and so replaceable. So I think that you could 
could probably do better by streaming DeAndre Hunter's position, and he's 90% rostered, and he's been like that all season. So if you're holding on to him, uh, you've been holding on to him for most of the years. So I don't know if you can listen to me, but I just think that he is... Uh, He's, he's highly overrated, in my opinion, in fantasy basketball. Um, Josh Richardson is the next guy. You might have added him in hopes that he would get a boost with um, Devin Vassell missing some time. He's okay, but again, it's kind of that kind of type that I don't think you're going to regret if there's a hot uh, free agent guy out on the waiver wire that you could pick him up and uh, and, and stream that in to, to improve on his, his uh, value there. The minutes have been up and down. Last two weeks since probably around that time where where um, Devin Vassell went down, 25 minutes. Like He's been decent in that time, top 50 in that time, but I just don't think it's sustainable. So I, I might be jumping the gun a little bit early here, admittedly, but 54% field goal percentage in that time, hasn't missed a free throw. Um, the, the percentage is, again, uh, ranking boost by one turnover per game. The assists are probably the nicest thing. One steal is pretty decent. Two threes is good. So there's some decent enough numbers in there in that time. But like I said, I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think he can keep that up in less than 25 minutes per game. Um, and so I think that it wouldn't shock me if he is uh, putting up a much poorer week next week. And obviously, he's got the two games next week. So again, if you're in that fight and you want to make the playoffs and you have to make moves, I think that he's a guy that if you can grab a Toronto Raptor and get a five-game week out of that player, I think he is definitely a candidate to be dropped. KCP, I think, is the third or fourth time he's been on this list. But again, he's been okay when you look at the totality of the season. But... um, he is just someone that, like I've said before, is entirely replaceable. He sometimes looks better on rankings than what he actually is. 90th on the season. Yes, he's the 77th ranked player of the last two weeks. But look, 2.33s, three rebounds, 2.3 assists, a steal. It's decent percentages and low turnovers. That's what's boosting those numbers. But again, like I said, very replaceable. I'd much rather stream that position, look for those counting stats to win my matchups that way. I think that's more helpful in most instances. Uh, much better in a roto league. Um, obviously, you're looking after all your categories evenly there, but in most head-to-head leagues, like I said, I think you could do something a little bit better than boring old KCP. Alice Caruso, one game next week. That's all I have to say about him. Uh, so you can go ahead and drop him. And Dante DiVincenzo, I think, is also a drop. He is uh, someone who you might have added while uh, Andrew Wiggins was out. He has had some decent games. But again, I think you won't regret dropping a player like him. Uh, has moved back to the bench. So his uh, good games will be fewer and farther in between uh, now that he is in that role. Uh, he's obviously earned maybe a little bit more minutes than he was doing prior to getting the start with that, um, that injury to Wiggins. But again... I just don't think he's very exciting. You're probably better off streaming that position. That will uh, that will do it for us today, guys. Let us know if you think that I've left anyone off the must-add or must or maybe adds uh, players list. If you uh, Again, let me know if you've got Kawhi Leonard in your team and how you are doing. And uh, we will come back for you guys next time talking about uh, some... Uh, What are we going to be doing? Some buy low candidates as well, some sell highs, and uh, all other sorts of fantasy goodness. Subscribe, like the video, and I'll see you guys later. Bye.